Reality, the podcast. Hey, Pod Tribe, welcome back to Refined Reality Season 2 with your host, Bobby Joe, Tracy, aka Miss Money Queen, and PhD candidate Helen Golod. So, it's been a while since we've done an episode, and we have many exciting things in store for Refined Reality, the podcast. Hi, everyone, it's Tracy. We've got exciting news coming up. We've got live videos coming up. We've got social media content that we're planning. We've got blogging. We've got reviewing movies, reviewing shows that really shine a light on where we want to go with with Refined Reality this season. And I'm super pumped and I hope that everyone is thrilled about hearing us come back and I know it's been a while but I'm so happy you guys have patiently waited and I'll tell you one thing you won't regret the wait hey this is Helen and I'm also really really excited like Tracy and Bobby just said we have a lot of awesome things coming out the movies and how it relates to mental health and just all these great resources for you guys. And I'm super excited because mental health is my passion. And I hope that you will enjoy and some of you will be able to kind of feel what we're talking about and then maybe have more knowledge in uh, the mental health field because I think it is super important, especially right now. So I hope you really enjoy the upcoming episodes and especially this one. Definitely well said. And that's kind of where I wanted to lead off today about how mental health conversations are important to have. Uh, Something that we should talk about the same way that we talk about our physical health and just our day. And now during these times of global pandemic, it's more important than ever to be educated, to, to be there for each other. You know, we're all in this together. We all experience many vast emotions. And I just really wanted to touch on Tracy and Helen. Like, why do you think it's important to talk about mental health? Mental health is a really, really important subject to talk about, uh, Bobby Joe. This is Tracy, by the way. And the reason being is because of what we're going through right now and just having to look at yourself in the mirror, spend more time with yourself and to learn that mental health is not a burden. It's not something that cannot be fixed or cannot be healed. People often think about mental health and say, oh, well, they're mentally ill. They have problems. It's the, you know, like it's their problem. But people are so easy to say if someone's going through I don't know, someone had a heart attack, let's just say like my mother did. Well, not a heart attack, but near experience heart attack where she had blockages of 95% and all this outpour support from family and friends because she went through, undergone, uh, you know, a massive surgery and all of that. But for example, you have people who go through mental illnesses and they look at it very differently. So I think that's why I think we should be highlighting and having conversations about that. And I'm really happy we're doing this episode today. Mental health is more than just anxiety and feeling sad sometimes. There's the whole 
DSM-5, right, Helen? Yeah, I think there's a lot more to mental health than just feeling sad or happy or there's just so much more to it. And it's a very intricate process. And everybody, and the most important thing to remember about it is that everyone has their own journey. It's not the same for everyone. You know, I have people will ask me like, why can't I handle this? Because somebody else can handle being sad, but I can't. And it's, everybody has their things that they cannot deal with as well as someone else. And the most important thing is, is that it is your journey and the way you get through it is your own personal, is your own personal journey and has nothing to do with anyone else. So never feel discouraged if your journey takes a little bit of a different path than someone else's. Right. And I mean, comparison is nobody's friend. Stigma, same thing. I feel it's really important to be able to talk about depression, anxiety, PTSD, bipolar disorder, you know, the same way that someone can talk about their arthritis or that time of the month or any other ailment, really. People are not their disabilities. You're not your illness, and it's important to be able to look beyond. So many people uh, stigmatize it and, you know, show microaggressions, and there's a lot of oppression and ableism associated with topics in mental health. I completely agree with you, Bobby Joe. is just being able to have those open conversations, just like you would have an open conversation, for example, when you're at work and say, I, I, you know, I'm having a really bad day because I have a massive migraine. How about we can say, I'm having a really bad day because I'm having a bout of depression. So having conversations openly like that, where it's not a huge thing and we bring stigma into it and then, oh, it's taboo to start talking about that. But I think normalizing those kind of conversations where you can let your friends know, your family, your coworkers know that you're having a day and it's completely normal. And being able to not only like, let's just say you call in sick for work because you broke a foot or you're sick or, you know, uh, you have the flu, but being able to call into work and say, I'm having a really bad day and I need a mental health day and not feeling bad about it. So like you were saying, Bobby Joe, is, is being able to be open and having those conversations, I think, um, in this day and age is, is really something that we need to um, work towards. Yeah, it's definitely important to normalize it and to have support. I mean, everyone deserves to have a great life to live their best lives and to be better because I feel like we live in a culture of like offense. Everybody takes offense and you know, that comes with that white healthy privilege. No one wants to hear negative stuff for some reason. And it's a gray area. You know, it, it doesn't have to be a negative Think about it. Would you be upset if someone with diabetes had to go take a shot at insulin during your, your family dinner? Like why, why should it be offensive if someone with anxiety or PTSD who's been triggered just takes the time and steps away and comes back? So I'm curious, with this article that we all read and we're talking about, I'd like to know um, your thoughts, ladies, on 
how we can change that conversation what are steps we can do or take um, in order to do that what are you thinking Ellen when I was reading the article I saw something really interesting and it used the words treatable and it made me think of the difference between treatable and curable right so I think that if we look at mental health as not something that you just cure and everything's great but it is treatable it is something that if we take charge of our mental health, we can treat things. It may not completely go away. For example, a depression is something that I've always battled with. It's better now because I've treated it, so I have it under control for the most part, but then I have this anxiety. And anxiety is something that you can, if you take care of it, if you, self-care is super important. You know, you never want to get burned out. You want to make sure that you have time for yourself, time for your thoughts, time to feel emotion if you need to, a place to get, you know, times when you're angry to get that out. If you're sad, you know, and you need to cry for a few minutes and then go watch your favorite show to smile, kiss your pet, whatever it is that whatever self-care looks like for you, um, know that there's always like a treatment, that there's always a way to go about helping yourself and if you need medication that's okay too it's not you're not crazy you're just you just need that extra help and then there's also other things for people who prefer yoga or you know different there's different options for different people because like i said it's your journey so it's going to also be your own journey to your treatment and what that looks like for you and that's a big goal for us in season two here at Refined Reality is to normalize talking about mental health, to normalize talking about mental health, you know, in a, in a leisure environment like gaming, in the art world, in popular media, to try and ease the, the taboo and the negativity. It's important for people to feel safe so that they can reach out and ask for help and stop feeling shame. Yeah, that's very important. Like you highlight there, Bobby Joe, uh, is being able to feel comfortable with asking for help. And that's a lot, a lot of people struggle with getting the help because A, they don't know how or B, they don't know where to go. And they feel shame, anxiety, fear if they start asking people for help. So being able to normalize this conversation, even, you know, with your friends, family, if you feel like someone's off, like just be like a, like a shoulder that they could cry on or just listen. And it could be as simple as like telling your friend, your family member that's going through something that if they need help to say, look, like you're not, you're not in this alone. If you want, I can go with you to your appointment if you're if you're scared to go on your own. And I've done that personally for someone that I cared about. And just being able to be that person. And I know being on the receiving end of that as well is really heartwarming to know that that support is there. It doesn't necessarily mean that they need to be there the whole process and they, they have to figure out the right things to say, but just being a lending ear is means the world. So I think that's one of the 
one of the topics that covers in the article is being able to go out and get that help. And people who suffer from mental illness, you're not a burden. You deserve a good life. And like Helen was saying earlier, it's important to recognize and, and treat problems and, you know, to take preventative measures. We all have good days. We all have bad days. And try not to fear it. I know it's easier said than done, but, you know, that, go, that goes for people too. You know, oh, that person is bipolar, schizophrenic. You know, oftentimes those people aren't dangerous. People with mental illness often are, ne- are never really dangerous to other people. If anything, they're more dangerous to themselves. And like Ellen was mentioning earlier, it's part of like building strategies for building your mental strength. So when you think about it, you, you want to go through those uncomfortable motions and remove the negative thinking of, of that and being able to share with others and kind of share stories, swap stories so that people don't feel alone and feel like I'm the only one going through this. So then that helps relieve and remove, you know, those feelings of guilt, anxiety. It may never remove them completely because mental health is, there's no one in this world that's going to go through their whole lifetime being perfect, being happy 100% of the time. It's, it's highs and lows that you go through. And just knowing that other people are going through those things makes a world of difference. And it can help you build your mental strength. So that's another important piece of the article that I really loved. I really like the point uh, where it suggested sharing your story. Because I know in season one or previous season, we talked, we shared a lot of our stories. You know, Helen, Tracy, and I, we've had mental illness touch our lives a lot, whether we realized it at the time or not. And it's honestly our hopes that we can make it clear to anyone listening that you're important, you're valid. I mean, this shit can happen to anyone, and it's just important to get help. And something that I think is really important to also think about when you are talking to someone and trying to help them, it's very also important to remember that it's about them, because sometimes you're going to want to share your own story because you feel this camaraderie, like, wow, I didn't know that you too... But um, I think it's important to listen to the person, understand what they're going through, and definitely use the I phrases are really important, Um, you know, that way to kind of help out. They help out in any situation. Like, I understand what you're going through, and I feel, I can feel what you're saying instead of um, sometimes using other phrases that may kind of sound like you're pointing them out too much. And that it's not just them, that it's also something that you feel without giving too much of your story and taking away from the fact that um, they're the ones looking for comfort. And then eventually at some point they will give it back. They'll bring it back to you. So it's very important when listening to other people, make sure you listen to what they're saying and just kind of acknowledge that. And if we acknowledge and not say, oh, no, don't feel sad, it's bad, you know, avoid it, 
um, then we're not really acknowledging what they're saying. We're just kind of making them hide their feelings until it, it's all going to explode. So don't, don't feel uncomfortable when they're feeling those emotions. Let them feel it. And at the end of the day, they'll feel better because they got it out and that you let them do it by just listening to them. And don't always fill that s- silence with uncomfortable. Just talk. Just enjoy silence. Like, let it be the healer. Because sometimes silence is your best friend. I, I love that. I also love the power in the I statement language. I remember when I first started going to therapy, it was like one of the first tools that they gave me. And it really helped uh, at the time, socially awkward younger me to not hit those microaggression walls, you know, to not hit that, that wall of you're triggering me, you know, and in turn that person's triggering you and, and it it becomes a vicious cycle, like Helen was saying. And there's also nothing wrong with asking what you need. You know, for example, you know, I feel like overwhelmed because I don't know what to give you and I want to give you what you need or someone being like, Hey, I feel like I need to vent. I, I would feel very appreciative if you would take the time to listen to me if you can. I like that you point those items out, Bobby Joe, because being, I guess for me, it's, it's kind of, it was difficult when I was younger to be an active listener because I had that mentality. Like everyone was against me and anything that's happened is the worst that's happened. And, you know, I went through worse than everyone else. And I just kind of had to like scale back and like really look at my active listening skills and being able to really hone in on those and and work on those because I can honestly say I'm not a good active listener and listening to Ellen and, and, you know, telling about the using the I um, kind of, mythology there of of being able to listen to a friend and not try to put your your situations your scenarios on them to kind of make them feel better but rather just let the silence there and listen and really like pay attention and I think that's why I like to have those kind of serious conversations in person because I can read body language versus if I talk to someone on the phone you you can't and and me any kind of awkward silence is like killer for me but something I'm still working on but I I really like that you've highlighted that and I think a lot of people can use that in future conversations that they'll have with people who really need someone that for them to listen to there's so many different ways to communicate too I mean nonverbal is is also very powerful Helen, you deal with nonverbal a lot in your line of work and what you went to school for, nonverbal communication. Yeah, I do. And I think um, it's hard because right now I do a lot of my clinician work on the phone. Um, And so silence is good because it allows the person to talk. And once in a while, you kind of let them know that you're you're listening, you're there, you say a few words, but that you're, you're there, you're listening to them. Um, even through the silence, your own silence. And um, and then let them, and if they cry, just sometimes you just let them cry because that's what they need to do because it's about them. It's not about your discomfort with hearing someone cry because that's what they need because it's about them when you're helping out a friend. And um, I think it's just really important to uh, always be aware of that. 
and kind of have that language with them. And if you feel like you're struggling to listen because your own thoughts are starting to creep in, then when you need to give them feedback, just summarize what they said to you. You know, if they said, oh my God, I'm so sad. My mom yelled at me and she's nagging me again about this or or to clean my room, you could you can say, oh yeah, really? Like, oh, that's hard. It sounds like you're having a really tough time with your mom right now. And they're, they're just going to be like, oh yeah, you get me, you know? And it's opening that conversation and letting them know like, hey, this person's listening to what I'm saying and they're allowing me to uh, talk. They're, and they're, they, they're being silent, allowing me to talk, but yet they're still listening to what I have to say. And they're not judging me for it. You know, they're not saying, oh, you should listen to your mom because you're the kid and she's the adult. No, it's this is how you feel. And that is perfectly okay to feel upset about something, whether you're right or wrong, doesn't matter. It's a feeling. I'm curious as to the next point that I, I read in the article is how do you both feel that mental illness is being portrayed in media and movies nowadays? Like I, I see so many things and it's just unreal sometimes the things that I've seen. I'm torn. I think certain things um, get it right. You know, sometimes you watch a show and you're like, wow, that was a really good job they did. And portraying that like they did their research and they they truly understand what it means to feel suicidal or or be bipolar or or just be depressed or be sad and then there's other things i watch and i feel like it's being exploited um recently i watched the hotel cecil and it's about a girl who killed herself and they didn't know how and there was this whole mystery about how it could be a ghost and then we found out that most likely it was she was bipolar off her meds and that's why this whole elevator scene made her look sketchy like there was a ghost somewhere but literally she was off her meds and she became very paranoid and that's what the disease does to you and then i see this commercial on facebook about ghost hunters how oh my god remember the the lisa lamb footage the elevator scene this is where this was and sensationalizing it like this poor girl was off her meds and accidentally killed herself not meaning to and they're sensationalizing it as some sort of mysterious ghost adventure so then i see that and then i think you know people aren't truly understanding what it's like to deal with serious mental illness and they're they're exploiting it and a lot of people are following it like like it there's something to it and it's just that makes me more angry and sad at the same time. I can relate to that. Um, Cause I find, I mean, now it's getting a lot better. I feel, but um, before, like when I was young, it was always that same trope, if you will, you know, that, that um, classic crazy person, if you know, um, and just grouping so many different things together. Like you said, Helen, to like sensationalize it. And maybe, you know, a lot of it, I feel like it gave the wrong impression. You know, I, I grew up in a family where there's so much bipolar and schizophrenia. And, you know, I, I myself have PTSD. And it's, it's hard to find um, a good, reasonable through portrayal of the bad days in mental health. Yeah, I can relate to that as well. Just with what uh, Ellen was was going on with the the film that she that she watched, and also um, the comparison to like ghosts and and doing that 
um, I can relate because when I was younger, I remember watching movies and things like that, and they're always portraying bipolar and and mental illnesses relating to that as scary and fearful, and it created like this. I guess it conditioned me to think this way because before my dad got sick, he's bipolar and, and I didn't know. And my mom hid that from us. She didn't really hide it, but she didn't really highlight it to us either. So when he did get into an episode, stop taking his medication, it was legit scary. Like it scared me. And it even scared other people to the point where they didn't even want nothing to do with my dad. And that's the thing that I think angers me the most is because they're portraying the mental illness, like in this case, in this situation, it's bipolar as something that's evil, that there's something more to it, ghost related, which is not. It's just that he wasn't on his medication and the things that he was seeing he was doing, it was just, you know, he's creating himself um, illusions and saying things and drawing things and not sleeping. And, and it just, like, it really scared me because I thought for sure, like, my dad was drawing this like demon thing and I thought for sure it was something supernatural or whatever, but it's those things that they portray in, in media and movies sometimes just to get the hype up. And it's, it's completely unreasonable and not even the right thing about what the mental illness is. And I think it goes around with this whole article as trying to understand and having those open conversations to actually know what it is, is, is to be able to understand so that if you see someone with these kind of symptoms, that it doesn't scare the shit out of you. Like you're, you're going to understand what they're going through and you're going to be able to help them rather than turn the other direction and run away. Fear mongering doesn't really help anybody. Uh, you know, like stereotypes and those generalizations, how mental health is portrayed, you know, they're, usually negative it's it's not it limits it, it's not a good thing you know it's that it j the same ways you know you have social or other cultural like stereotypes right like oh that kid's asian he's good at math like no not at all oh that person is schizophrenic they must be violent no not at all tracy what do you think about um in, in terms of that what do you think about how they sensationalize the whole Britney Spears and her illness and made it into some, you know, oh, she's just crazy. It's just a joke and sensationalized it. Went. Meanwhile, this girl was really struggling with a lot of mental health issues and people were just kind of laughing at all. I really find it's quite sad. Like I feel for her because they're blowing everything out of proportion and she's really struggling going through a period in her life that she needs that time to be able to heal and people are just using that and going above and beyond overboard on things that they don't even know anything about and her it's just like times a thousand it would be like my dad in her situation would be a nightmare but you have someone like her that went through those kind of things and it's horrible like I would never wish that upon anyone to go through that and I just think that it shouldn't be like this shouldn't be the case where we we just like talk about people and they're not even people like they they have these illnesses and it's like there's something fucking really wrong with them. No, like those things can be fixed like they could be healed like everyone has dealt with mental illness at one point or another in their life. So to pinpoint and just like bash someone or, you know, kind of just toss them to the curb just because they're having like this mental episode is is ridiculous i i 
completely disagree with how the media is and even more so now with what's going on with covid like the the media is just continuously perpetuating lies just for the ratings and it's just really maddening for me and i think that's where my stand is on that and i try not to watch too much you know around those kind of things and because it just gets me so angry that i'd rather not get into those arguments and get into those things because it's just not worth me going me feeling that way and i think the only thing i could really go about my day is to make sure that i treat people the way that i'd like to be treated and whether or not they have physical illness mental illness or anything for that matter that shouldn't even be a deterrent Well, that was refined and real. Many thanks to you, our listeners, for staying with us until the very end. For more about us and what we do, check us out on our Facebook page, Refined Reality, the podcast. And a huge shout out to Architect for building our music. Like what you hear? Check out his info in our description. Until next time, get some R&R. Stay curious. This is Bobby Joe signing off.